ahead and turn in your Bibles to the book of Joel in chapter 2. Book of Joel in chapter 2. I just um, want to thank Dad so much just for the opportunity to preach tonight. And it's just a great privilege. Um, we just, once you get there, we're going to start in um, verse number 12. Once you get to the book of Joel. It says in verse number 12, Therefore also now saith the Lord, Turn ye even to me, with all your heart, and with fasting, and weeping, and mourning, and rend your heart, and not your garments, and turn unto the Lord your God, for He is gracious, and merciful, and slow to anger, and of great kindness, and repenteth Him of evil. Whoso knoweth if he will return and repent, and leave a blessing behind him, even a meat offering, and a drink offering, unto the Lord your God. And I'd just like to preach a message today that I've entitled, The Answers to the Cycle. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you so much for the opportunity to preach tonight, Lord. I just pray that you would um, be able to use me, Lord. I just pray that you would work through this message, Lord, that it would be honoring and glorifying to you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. At this time, we see that Judah was still worshiping God at the temple. They were still worshiping. They were still bringing their offerings to God in the book of Joel. But their religion was becoming just that. It was becoming a religion. They were bringing their offerings to God, but their heart wasn't in it. They were just starting to go through the motions and do it because they knew that's what they were supposed to do, but they weren't doing it because their heart was in it. They weren't doing it because they wanted to serve God. They were just going, they were just going through the motions of serving God, and God couldn't accept that. And we find that He sent His armies, in the, if you look in the... First chapter, in verse number 4, and it talks about that which the palmer worm hath left, hath the locust eaten. And that which the locust hath left, hath the canker worm eaten. And that which the canker worm hath left, hath the caterpillar eaten. And we're seeing how God, God is bringing judgment on the land because they are not serving God. They're not serving God from their heart. And what God wanted was He wanted the children of Israel to, to be worshiping God. And because they weren't, they lost their ability to even worship God. Because we see in verse number 9 that the meat offering and the drink offering is cut off from the house of God. The priest, the Lord's minister, mourn. We're seeing that here they're not worshiping God from their heart. They are just going through the motions. And even some of them have stopped even pretending to worship God. They're not even worshiping God at all. And they're just, God has sent His armies into the land and He's punishing them and saying, listen, there, there isn't even enough in the land. God's telling them through the prophet Joel, there isn't even enough left for you to bring an offering to me. Because there's, there's nothing left. Everything has been taken away. And God is calling them in verse, in verse number 13, that, in verse number 12, that, you know what, I want you to repent and rend your heart and not your garment and turn unto the Lord your God. He says, I want you to repent, not with the outward emotions, but from the heart. I want you to repent to me from the heart and surrender to Him. If they wanted to serve God, they needed to give Him their desires and plans. Not giving just to get from God, not giving to God their outward um, outward submission, just so they could get what they thought they needed to survive because they didn't have what they needed. They were saying, well, we'll give... You know, God's saying, I don't want you just to give to me so you can get from me. I want you to surrender to me. Only then could God give them what they needed to serve Him. 
And we see this, this is a vicious cycle that we see in the children of Israel where they're serving God. And then they just start, you know what? They start to get, a, starts to become a burden to them. And they start just going through the motions. And many times they even forsook God completely. And God started to bring punishment into their lives and bring hardship into their lives to recall them to repent so that they would come back to Him. And they did, calling them back to repentance and starting all over. But many times the cycle became a cycle of you, they were serving God and then they lost their love. They lost their love for God. They stopped. They started just going through the motions and God said, I can't accept that type of worship. So he, um, so God sent punishment to their lives and then they repented and they came back to God and God restored to them the benefits and then they started going through the motions again. But sadly today in the lives of us Christians, we oftentimes see a similar pattern. We see ourselves on fire for God. We see ourselves wanting to serve God. Only to see our fire burn down. Only to see that we're stopped serving God from the heart. It becomes a burden in our lives to serve God. Suddenly, it isn't... We're looking forward to going to church. And we're anxious to witness to people. Suddenly, it's becoming a burden. And we're getting worn down. And we're not, we lose our joy. And then we start to lose our ability to serve God. Because God can't accept the worship from us that when we're just giving it to Him as an outward show because that isn't what God desires because God wants our heart. And we see that so often, you know, we lose our ability to God and God calls us back to Him through a message or through a song or something we hear. And we come with a vigor and, it, and we start again and we come and repent to God only to start the cycle all over again. And I believe that there's some answers to that cycle in this passage. And you know what? God doesn't want us to do that. He doesn't want us just to... He wants us to serve God continually from our heart. Not just go, go in circles, go in circles, go in circles. Because when we're going in circles, we're not going anywhere. And, you know, I believe there's some answers in this passage that God wants to give us. First, we have to see in verse number 13. You know what? God is not the one who's moving. Verse, in verse number two, in chapter number two, in verse thirteen, and B, we see, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and repenteth him of evil. Who knoweth if he will return and repent and leave a blessing behind him, even a meat offering and a drink offering unto the Lord your God? And see, we see he is. It isn't he was before we left. It wasn't he will be. We see he still is. God is the. God, we see God here is still the same as He's always been. God it doesn't change because we've changed. God is God, and we can always set ourselves against God because God is what we. God is unchanging. He doesn't move, and you know what? He is the same as before we left Him. When we have strayed, we. Can, you know what? God is still the same. He doesn't say, "Hey, look, I'm not the one who's moved. It's your heart that's drifted away. We're the ones who stray." We are the ones who back away from Him. Just a simple verse. We, most of us know it in Hebrews 13.8. It says, Jesus Christ the same yesterday and today forever. You know what? God is the same. And He isn't the one who's moving. Because we see, we see, it says, And turn unto the Lord your God. Verse number 12 says, Therefore also say the Lord, Turn ye even to me with all your heart. It's, he's telling the, people, telling the people of Israel, You need to come back to me. You need to turn. Because... You know what? I haven't been moving. We see He's still gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and repenteth Him of evil. You know what? He is not the one who's moving. 
and he isn't and God will give you what you need to serve him. And many times we what we think we need to serve God with is actually in the way of our serving God. We think we you know, we think we need this certain job so we can serve God, or we need this certain item item of this world, this certain you know, whatever our fancy is taken, but many times that is not what we need to serve God. In fact, that is hindering what we're needing to serve in God. And we find in what God has been doing in, in the book of Joel is He's been taking things away from the children of Israel. And say, hey, if you want to serve me, you've got to get to where you can change your heart because you can come to me with all the offerings. You can come to me in the book of Isaiah. Um, we see... God is saying, hey, in the first chapter, He's like, I'm full up to here with all their offerings. You keep coming with this offering and that offering, and I'm sick of it because you're not giving it to me from your heart. It's just going through the motions and going through the motions, and I can't have that. And God took everything away from Judah, trying to get them to return to God. We see in verse chapter 2, who knoweth if he will return and repent and leave a blessing behind him, even a meat offering and a drink offering, Unto, unto your God. You see, they didn't, at the end, of where we are now, they didn't have what they needed to serve God anymore. They just didn't have it. God had taken it away from them. But God had what they needed to serve God. And when they returned to God, we found out, you know what, God was going to give them what they needed to serve Him, not what they needed to please themselves, not what they needed to so they could have self-confidence in themselves, because that's what got them into trouble in the first place. God had what they needed to serve Him. And see, God is the one who's moving. God has what we need to serve Him. But see, if God isn't moving, it's our hearts that are moving. And if, if we're going through this cycle... We're talking, about the, we're talking about the cycle where we lose our heart for God and that then God calls us back and He has to take away so we can come back with our hearts. But you know what? We have to come back with our hearts. We must move our hearts back to God. Verse number 12 says, Therefore also now saith the Lord, Turn ye even to Me with all your heart and with fasting and with weeping and with mourning and rend your heart and not your garment and turn unto the Lord your God, for He is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and repenteth Him of evil. You see, the, God wanted them to rend their heart. The answer to the cycle that we find in this passage is the rending of our heart. If we want to serve God, we must, we must do so from the heart. This is the only type of worship God accepts is when we're serving Him from the heart. Because... When, when we're serving Him from the heart, that's what we're supposed to be doing. We can't just go and be, you know, we, God cannot be a side issue. God has to be our sole issue. That's why our worship has to come from our heart. Because when God is our side issue, then everything else becomes, then our front issue is ourselves. And God, we need, the only type of worship God accepts is from the heart. We find in Psalms 51, which is a famous psalm that um, this David is supposed to have written after he sinned with Bathsheba. It says, For thou desirest not sacrifice, else I would give it. Thou desirest, thou delightest not in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. You see, we see from this passage 
in verse number 12, where, he's, where Joel is saying to the people, God is speaking through Joel to the people, Therefore also now, God has already taken away, because God has taken away everything you have. Come on. Turn also now, saith the Lord, ye, turn ye even unto me with all your heart, and with weeping, and, and with fasting, and with weeping, and with mourning, and rend your heart, and not your garments. And turn. And you know what? We can't. What the rending of the garments was, it was a huge outside show. It was the, one of the greatest shows that you could do on the outside of mourning or anger on the inside. We ought to remember that, you know, they only had one garment. And when they rent their garment, that was something that it would cost. It was very costly. It was something that was, you know, looked upon. Wow, that's something. That's, that person is really upset. But God is using that as an illustration of what they're to do on their heart. He says, I don't want the outside show. But turn, you, turn unto me with even with all your heart. You know what? God wants us to see not just our literal heart, muscle, etc. That is not what God's talking about. But He's talking about the seed of our emotions, the seed of our desires, what we want. God wants us to take that and turn and give that to God. Seriously, tear it in pieces. Just take it, rip it up. Take our desires, rip them in pieces, and give them to God. Because, you know what? God doesn't want us just rending our garments and getting all excited about the outside and what, you know, what other people see. He, God wants our desires. God wants our heart. He wants that to be His. We need to take that. What He's seriously saying is, rent. you know, why we oftentimes find ourselves not worshiping God, why we find ourselves just going through the motions and going through the motions is our desires are not to serve God. Our desires are for something else. And you know what? God is saying, hey, I don't, your desires don't need to be on something else. I want you to take those desires and I want you to tear them in pieces and I want you to give them to me because that's the only way when your desires are out of the way, when your will is out of the way, then you can worship me because you're worshiping me because your stuff isn't in the way because they've already turned and gone away from God. God says, I'm the same. And he's saying, it's their heart that's turned away from God. They've taken their heart and their desires have turned them away from God and says, hey, come back, but you're going to have to get rid of those desires first. And if we're truly going to rend our heart, if we truly rend our hearts, you know, we're going to turn to the Lord. Because rend your heart and turn unto the Lord your God. When we rend our hearts, it's going to, we are going to be turning back to God. Because it's not what you feel, it's what you do. If you're just feeling, you know, if it's all in the emotion, the rending of the garments. If it's all emotional, well, I had this big, well, I, I was at the altar and I was praying and I was crying and crying. Well, is it real? Does it have results? Is there action involved? Is it, are we actually turning back to God? Because God, what God wants from us is our hearts. It's only when we surrender our plans and our desires that God can do the work that He wants to do in our lives. Is we get in the way of what God wants to do. That's why we have to take our desires and get them out of the way. Because God wants to do what we want to do, but it's our desires that take us away from God to where we are not where He can use us. We're where we're only doing what God said because that's what we're supposed to do. We don't, our true desires are not to serve God with our heart and to 
give God everything we have. Our desire is for that position at work. Or our desire is to just get this worldly possession or get that. And you know what? We start going away from God. We're turning away from God. That's what I say. Turn ye even to me. You know, rend your hearts. You need to, you can rend your garments as the outside show. I don't want just the outside show. Because that's why God had to punish them in the first place. God had to punish them because it was all show. It was all outside. They weren't worshiping God on the inside. It was just outside. And God said, hey, when you, if you're going to repent, don't do the same thing that I'm punishing you for. You need to take and rend your... What's the real problem is your heart. If, and the end goal of this passage is to worship God. And that should be the goal of our lives. Is to worship God in, in the... Um, towards the in verse 26 and 27, it's, God is talking about, if when you repent, I will give this, to, give this to you, and you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied, and praise the name of the Lord your God, that hath dealt wondrously with you, and my people shall never be ashamed, and ye shall know that I am in the midst of Israel, and that I am the Lord your God. You know, that's what God wants. He wants our worship, and He wants our, he wants our worship, but not just on the outside. He wants it from the inside. And when God has control over our hearts, the rest will fall into place. But we also see, we don't just give to God our hearts so we can get from God. Because in verse 14 it says, Who knoweth if he will return and repent and leave a blessing behind him, even a meat offering and a drink offering unto the Lord your God. He isn't, God isn't saying, he said, when you repent, I'm not going to give you everything you're, you've always wanted. Because remember, when you're repenting to me, you're giving me your desires. So I'm not just going to, because you gave me your desires, I'm not just going to go here and fill them. Because then you wouldn't have really surrendered. What I want you to do is I want you to give me your desires and I'll give you what you need to worship me. I don't, I'm not going to give you what you need so you can satisfy this what you think you need. I'm going to give you what you need to worship me. God doesn't, God isn't into the, I give you two, you give me back, etc. That doesn't work with God. God. God wants complete surrender. Then God can give us what we need. And serving God is way more better than we could ever get on our own. But this is not just a one-time battle. Because... We see, even in our own lives, it is a constant struggle to keep from drifting. Because even in the children of Israel, we see how they constantly, constantly were going and back just round and round and round and round. And you know what? The one way to do that is they repented from their hearts and they started serving God, but then they let it slip again. And then they came back and they let it slip again. We must continually fight. We must continually battle to keep our hearts close to God. Because it's our heart, because God isn't moving. It's our hearts that turn away from God. And that's why we can't worship God when we need to. That's why God has that's why God brought the punishment into the children of Israel here. It's because we turned away. Now, you know what? They brought it back. But it's gotta be a continual battle. It's got to be a continual time of rending our hearts. It's got to be a continual time where we're taking our desires and giving them to God. Because if it becomes just a one-time thing in our lives where we, it's, well, this can, so I'm going to, 
all of a sudden this is happening. Okay, I'm going to repent and I'm going to come back to God. Because you're going to find yourself just going in the... Starting going. Just going in circles. And going in circles. We must battle to keep from just going through the motions. You know, we find this problem at the church of Ephesus in the book of Revelation. We just went through that. In, uh, where they left their first love. They were just going through the motions. And God tells them, you need to repent. But it's so easy to go through the motions in our church attendance, in our visitation, in our Bible reading, prayer time, in our giving. You know what? We need to constantly... Because the reason we do these things is because we're worshiping God through them. And that's why if God wants to accept that, if we want God to accept our worship through our giving, through our church attendance, it has to be from the heart. It can't be just going through the motions. Well, pastor's going to call me on the phone because I wasn't in church on Sunday. So I'm going to make sure I'm in church on Sunday. No, we need to be in church. We need to be reading our Bible. We need to be giving because that's what God commanded us to do. And it needs to be from the heart. Just verse in 2 Corinthians 9, 7, Every man according as he purposed in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth the cheerful giver. And that doesn't just apply to money as well. It applies to our time. It applies to what we think we need. You know what? We, we, we need to give up some stuff if God is going to be able to use us. And we need to be in church. We need to be on visitation. But it can't be just going through the motions. It can't be because that's why God brought... That's why God has told us before that we need to rend our hearts. That's why God has told us we need to... Um, come back to Him because we've drifted and we've started just going through the motions. And we have to battle to keep from going through the motions. Just a quick application. You know, those who just got back from camp. Camp was a time of heart-rending and getting things right with God. But, you know, you've got to keep your heart torn. You've got to keep giving the things if you want to move forward. You can't just make your decisions at camp and that be a one-time thing. It has to be a continual because we find ourselves, you find the cycle, but the only way that we're going to stay out of just going in circles is by continually tearing our heart, continually giving God our desires. And it isn't just on church, it's got to be a daily. We must daily give up our desires to those of God if we're going to be able to serve God. This truth is, this truth is taught all throughout the Bible. In the tabernacle with the brazen, with the brazen altar, we just um, dad just taught on that. We see how they had to make the sacrifice, which symbolizes the burning up of our desires and the death to self every day and every night, every day and every night. But even you know, even, we can if we're not careful, we can even make that just rending our garments, just an outward show. Well, I'm going to the altar every service. I'm. You know, I'm going. Through, I'm serving God, but it, it can become if it's not if we're not serving God from the or our, we let our desires lead us to where we want to how how determine how we're going to serve God. It can be to where we're just going through the motions and going through the motions and not serving God. It has to be a daily thing. Jesus said. Jesus taught the same thing. He said to them, and he said unto them, Luke chapter nine and verse twenty three. If any man will come after me. Let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. 
Just, just an illustration of what we see in this. I personally love the outdoors. And one of the things, I've read several survival books, and one of the things they always talk about is the use of a compass. Because if you're ever in the woods and you need to get from one place to the next and without landmarks, one thing you need is you need a compass. But you don't need, just need a compass. You need to know how to use it. And you need to follow the compass. Because when you, when you can start at one area and you're going, to make, you're going to make calculations, you're going to set a course in the open seas and airplanes and everything. And you're going to go from, you're trying to go from one place to the next. But you can get off course real easy. You have to make sure your calculations are correct. Then you have to follow that. And you have to stay on course. Because just one little deviation and you can miss where you're trying to go. We're trying to worship God. And this is our compass. This is going to tell us where we need to go. This is going to tell us how we need to go. When we make our calculations by the compass, we will always end up where we need to go if we continually follow the compass the whole way. Because you can't give up on it halfway. You can't give up. You can't say, well, I got my general reading. Now I'm going to find a way myself. No, you have to stick to you have to stick through it the whole way, the entire way. Because if you're in a compass and you're in the woods and you're trying to go any distance at all, if you're off one degree, you could miss the emergency shack where you're trying to go so you can get out of the elements by a hundred yards in dense forest. You would never see it, and you would you could seriously end up dying out in the wilderness. That's why you have to follow the compass. And in spiritual life, you have to follow your compass now and not just in one-time event, not just, well, okay, I drifted from the compass, let me go back. Because you, then you'll never get where you're trying to go. You're going to end up more lost than if you hadn't used the compass hardly in the first place. But you'll nev- if you don't use the compass, you're never going to get there. If you only use the compass partway, you're just going to be more confused than ever. But you have to use the compass you have to use your, the Bible. That's why it's important to be in church. That's why it's important to be reading your Bible. That's why it's important to be in constant communication with God. Because if you want to be able to worship God with your life, if you want God to be able to use your life, you have to be in constant, in constant line with His Word. Your heart has to be constantly staying on course. Come, making sure you're on course. Giving up what's out of what's going to keep you from being able to stay on course. Taking your desires, what your what your heart wants to do. We heard about that this morning. Well, you know, the purchase, you know, purpose driven. You know, I what I want. That hey, that need. The Bible says right here, rend your heart, take it, take your desires, tear them in pieces. And this applies to me almost more than anybody else because I know that um, I'm the pastor's son, but I've struggled with just going through the motions, just doing what. I know what is right and just doing it. But you know what? It needs to be from the heart because that's the only type of worship God will accept. And it isn't just a one-time thing where I'm, okay, I'm coming back to you, God. I'm going to rend my heart and then go off. You have to rend your heart and stay and stay on the course or you're not going to get where you're trying to go. This cycle is something that we've all dealt with in our lives. It is a never-ending battle because it isn't just from one day to the next. Yes, you do have to follow the compass. Yes, one day from the next. But we're in this for the long term. If you're saved tonight, you're, it's from today, from when you got saved, till the day that you die, that we have to stay on course. 
and stay, and stay serving God. And that's why it is so important to keep our hearts rent. To keep, because it's a never-ending battle against our heart and against our desires. If we want to serve God, we have to be worshiping Him from the heart. This is the only worship He will, he will accept. Serving God shouldn't be a burden. It should be a joy and the very reason that we live. That's where we're, tr- we're trying to worship God. But we need to stay on course. We need to keep our hearts rent and our desires, our desires out of the way so God can use us and work in our lives. You see, the first step, just quick review, the first step is realizing that, hey, we're the ones who moved. God hasn't moved. When we find ourselves, when we start to see we're not as close to God as we once were, hey, it's time to get back. It's time to start rending God. We must realize we have moved. Often God will bring some suffering and some hardship into our lives to bring us to the realization that we've left His will. We've left the course. We've stopped. We've let our desires supersede what we know God wants us to do. And when we see that, you can't say, okay, now I know. All right. It, that, it has to... We must repent and turn with all our heart to God. Because you have to get back on course once, once you're off. If you want to get there, you have to get back on for, course as fast as possible. It is our heart that has taken us away from God. It is, our, it is our heart that has taken us away from God, but it is our heart that needs to be brought back to God. Because if it's taken us away from God, we need to bring it back to God with rending of the heart taking our desires, what has taken us away, giving it to God, and brought back in total submission to God. Then and only then can God give us what we even need to reach that goal, to worship God. Because if we want to worship God, we only, God will only give us what we need to worship God when we're worshiping God the correct way. Because if we're worshiping God just going through the motions, going through the motions, what is the world going to see? And God wants us God wants us to be a light to the world. And God can't accept that type of worship. That is why God needs, that's why God will give us what we need, give us what we need to worship Him, but only that. He isn't going to give us this and that unless it will help us worship God. And we need to understand that this isn't just a part time battle, this isn't something we can face, we will face only once. It has to be a continual battle. We must constantly do heart checks to make sure we are in line, in course, on course with the one we serve. This is done through the preaching and reading of God's Word, through praying, through being, through being in church, through serving God. And, we're, and this is done when, we, when we're serving God, is done through constant surrender to God's will. If we want to avoid the cycle, Avoid just keeping going through the motions. Just doing what God cannot accept as worship. If we want to worship God, God can't just accept the motions. We must come back and we must render our... Because we must give Him our desires. Take them. Literally tear them in pieces so there isn't anything left of them. Give them to God. And when, it, when we're doing that, it shouldn't be just some big emotional high. There ought to be some action when we do that. We have to be moving back on course. If we're going to be worshiping God, we must keep our hearts in line with God.